Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing, killing me. me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you guys for listening. New episode. So, I have a informal showing of this duet that I've been working on for a year, off and on, with Aria Evans um, and her company called Political Movement. It's for her show, Heart to Heart, that is going up in April 30th to May 9th with Why Not Theater in the Riser Project for her company's five-year anniversary. Um, so it's happening at the Citadel, February 14th to 15th, and it'll be just a little snippet of the duet that Jordan and I are dancing together in. And it's interesting because he is not a dancer. He's actually a theater director. So collaborating in a movement way with someone who isn't traditionally a mover makes you work in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This week on the episode, we have um, dance artist and founder of Social Growl, Riley. Riley Sims. Yeah. Riley's amazing. Yeah. Riley and I have both had chances to dance with Riley as part of his summer workshops with Social Growl. Um, and both have had really great experiences. Mm-hmm. That whole Social Girl team is really great. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Riley Sims. I'm a choreographer and dancer in Toronto and Montreal. Um, my company's called Social Growl Dance. It's like the one thing, because you went to high school like around, you went to school around here. I went to high school in Scarborough. Yeah. At Wexford. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the one thing that I like do feel like, because I'm not from Ontario, I feel like I miss out on all those friends who are like just naturally gifted artists to like help (laughs) you know like but where where are you from i'm from alberta you're from alberta manitoba yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. so all your fam is still out there yeah Mm -hmm. are you going home for christmas we both fly out saturday morning cute (laughs) yeah taking the train together yeah (laughs) different flights we're going to the airport together we just like happen to have our flights like 20 minutes apart no yeah oh so you're back for christmas I'm here, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, until January 12th. You're so busy. Yes. Where have you been? In Montreal, mostly. I was on, in the summer, I was working in Europe, and I went to, like, a really quick tour to Taiwan in October. Who are you with? Mostly with Mayday Dance, Melanie Demers, and then um, with Frederic Gravel recently. It's, like, a a new contract. I replaced a dancer, so I know the show. Okay. But I wasn't in the original creation. But sometimes I get emails asking if I can perform in this show and go with them. So I do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So those have been the main, like, touring right. touring things, which has been great. I saw a work that Melanie Demers from Mayday did in 2012 or 2013. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, one of my favorite works I ever saw in university. Was it with lots of people? And was it messy? Was it messy? Like, was there, like... Nutella or like yes Nutella yeah it was with the girl I think it was was... called Junkyard Paradise yeah yeah Junkyard Paradise yeah yeah yeah. I like loved that that came Mm -hmm. to Calgary yeah yes you probably saw it too yeah yes also saw that yeah yeah she's wonderful she's great and like she's her company in the last like couple years has really like gone up like yeah we we were not touring like this when I first started so it's how did you get started dancing with her um I was um I was dancing for Ottawa Dance Directive and um they commissioned people to come in and make works on us and Melanie was one of the people that they commissioned and I was kind of like finishing my time in there and getting a little bit like antsy about staying and I was looking for a way to try and work in Montreal and we really hit it off so I was like please take me with you so then I <laughs> I left ODD and then started working with her mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. That's great um how long were you in Ottawa Three seasons. I think I started there in like 2013 or something and left in 2015. Mm. Yeah. But it was great. Did you like living in Ottawa though? Um, I was just back and forth a lot. Okay. Um, It's not as bad as people say, you know, like you find your spots. Right. (laughs) You find your spots that are like, like the right bars or like a place to go eat. And when you're dancing, you're just like, you're busy anyways. So totally. Uh huh. And when you're a guest there, I feel like you can can have more fun. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But you didn't go. You didn't go to school in Ottawa, did you? You went to TDD, didn't you? 
I went to school for Toronto Dance Theatre. Right. Graduated in 2010. And then I hid for like two years because I was kind of broken by that program and needed some time to just like rebuild and right. get some confidence again. And then finally I started like going to auditions and mm-hmm. being around. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Was it break you? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that first. I think, you know, it was, it's a really technical program. I double bounce. The double bounce. The tilts and the panche. Oh, God. And the yeah. panche, yes. And, like, that's their main thing is technical training, and of course, and it's to build, like, strong technicians. And, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't really that. And they had kind of their idea of what that was. And I think that, yeah, I just started to feel more and more, like, the more guest artists that came in, the more choreographers that came in. I was really, like, I was so insecure that I wasn't really, like, performing. I was always hiding at the back. I wasn't really looking up. I didn't want to talk to anybody. So I was constantly kind of, like, being down on myself. So... Mm-hmm. It was just more of a, like a painful time than anything else. And then in third year, I kind of had some choreographers that like saw something in me and I started to come out of my shell a little bit, but it was mostly a confidence thing. Like I just had none and then they don't look at you and then they're like, oh, what's going on with you? And then I stopped, <laughs> I stopped going. Like I just didn't want to be there anymore. Right. Yeah. But now I can look back and be like, I'm glad I went. And like, I do love that program. I'm glad it exists. Mm-hmm. And I understand like why they designed it the way they do. But my, I still have issues with it, but I have peace now. Like, I'm happier. Right. I was thinking about that, about how, like, choreographers look at dancers differently depending on what they see them in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, you see a dancer and you're just like, I don't know if that, like, is working for me, that style of movement, or if, like, that's what I'm seeing them in is working. And then you see them, sometimes it's just, like, a year of maturity, and sometimes it's just movement that is better in their body, and you see them in, like, a completely different light. Totally. And I... I think that that's like what's hard about like university or like programs at conservatories that are coming up because lots of the time they're only commissioning choreographers to come in that move a lot like them or like move what the you know the, the umbrella school, like aesthetic totally yeah yeah and you know postmodern mm-hmm. movement yeah a lot of what was happening <laughs> at at SCDT was you know a lot of people that were making work like in the nineties late eighties. People that have spent a lot of time, like, in the industry working, so they have, like, practices and stuff. But I felt like, yeah, it's within that aesthetic of mm-hmm. what they want to see, and they want their shows to look a certain way, like, very athletic and technical. Right. And, yeah, like, sometimes you're in someone's work, and it's not for you, but then that's what people see you in. Like, they come to the school show, mm-hmm. they see you in that, they're like, oh, this is how this dancer is. Like, this is how they are. Then right. that's a snapshot in their brain, and until they see them in something else again, like, that's really how they perceive you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was happening to me a lot as well. A lot of people were like, I don't even remember you. And like, I was Ooh. like, yeah, that's pretty cool. cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Like that. That's, and that's pretty accurate. Cause I was pretty much like, please don't look at me most of the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about you, but my, my experience in school was very similar where I didn't feel like I fit in to the aesthetic and the dancing that was happening. And so I just like, didn't want to be in anything. And I also didn't feel like I was doing doing my best. Yeah. Or giving my best work. Or that I wanted to dance afterwards. Yeah. That was the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, cool, I guess I'm not good was the feeling I got after school. And I will say, too, like, the people that were the good ones, that were the most celebrated, that were, like, in the front, that were there every day warming up for the hour before, mm-hmm. in my in my class, none of them are actually working. Hunter, I also just rolled my eyes so hard as soon as you were, like, <laughs> they were warming up an hour and before, and I was like, ugh, those people. Mm. <laughs> but like it's, it's those great. people aren't working. No, yeah, the ones that were in my class, at least, like, yeah. are not. And I can like, say that very similar. Those, or they've done something completely different with their career path Mm -hmm. it's interesting so what happened in those two years after that just made you decide that you still wanted to do it but just in your own aesthetic Mm -hmm. um in the two years I like yeah I hid for a bit I did just like no arts jobs didn't really talk to anybody didn't really go to shows Mm -hmm. and then what happened oh yeah someone emailed Sylvie DeRosier from the Ottawa School of Dance, she sent out like a mass email to any kind of dancers that she knew that were looking for work. And it was to do um, a choreographic kind of like workshop slash show, like choreographers got two weeks with a bunch of emerging dancers in Ottawa. So they would pay emerging dancers to come and emerging choreographers to make a show in two weeks. 
So I signed up for that to create a piece and to be in something. And I went to Ottawa. I got the job. And then I was performing in something and making something. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I want to do this. And also it was all people that I didn't know mm. in a city that I didn't know. And I think that's the thing, too, because we're pre-choreographed in the place that we're from. Yes. Like, and we're pre-choreographed around the people that knew us before. So I feel like they expect a certain thing. And then you also like give them that expectation sometimes. Right. So when I was in Ottawa, I had just met these people. I could be whoever I wanted to be. And nobody knew that I was like this scared mm -hmm. dancer right. in school. Like I was actually like, okay, I can kind of start fresh. Right. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting term, pre-choreographed. Yeah. I've never heard it used like that. Yeah. But it is true. Like you, you, a lot of people work with the same dancers and all their movement ends up looking the same because of it is, it's just new movement put onto diff a different concept. Yeah. And what you were saying about you see someone in a show and you think that's the way they are, that's also, like, I think a bit of pre-choreographing, but we can't help it because we don't see them that Anything often. Else. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, you start to say, oh, I remember them this way, that's how they are. But for sure, like, there's room for growth in two mm -hmm. years to become a totally different dancer, a totally different person. Mm -hmm. Like Also, sometimes it's just, like, maturity. Like, dancers that are, like, 24 coming out of school, like, just don't have, like the emotional maturity or, like, the, like, physical immaturity to, like, take on certain movements. Mm -hmm. And some do. Some do mm -hmm. have it at, like, 20. Yeah. But it just is dependent on who you mm -hmm. are and how you... I would say most people coming out of school in their early 20s have no idea what they want anything to look like in their art. Mm -hmm. If they have, like, a very specific aesthetic already, it's, like... They've, like, had to fight to keep it through whatever program they were in. Yeah, because, because that program probably tried to beat it out of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I want to talk about your journey through um, Emerus Playlist, if we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When did the concept and, like, the first workshop or the first little taste of it start? Mm -hmm. um, just going to pause so I can get some dates right here. That's okay. So we went to Berlin in June twenty. 18 and that was like to officially start the the research and the process and that was a residency um before that in 2017 in february i did a piece at dance ontario dance weekend mm -hmm. called old old new borrow blue and there i used a song of blunt chunks of caitlin wolfie o'brien with a solo from clark mm. clark blair i love clark yeah we love clark and I had already been writing about it and doing grants at that time. So that was the first time I got to see it in studio. But yeah, I'd been working with Caitlin since like 2014. Mm -hmm. So we'd always try and done shows together. And then I had the idea to like put a concert with hers. But yeah, in June 2018, that's when we actually went to Berlin and started the research. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was before that for some reason. Yeah, like we'd done little things in studios just for videos for grants, but never yeah. really like, yeah. And then with Clark was the first time I actually put it on stage to see what it was like. Right. And that was still this idea of not making any stuff to her music, but making the movement first and then seeing what it was like later when they came together. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that journey took two years? Almost? Pretty much, yeah. From, yeah. Like from writing about it until actually the premiere. Mm -hmm. About two years. So crazy. And how many grants later? How many grants? So we did TAC, OACCC. Yep. Then we did production grants in all three. So that's six plus a residency grant, which was seven, plus like probably five or six that we wrote for other random grants and things and residencies that we didn't get. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So about seven, seven actual, actually funded applications. And 12 in total. Mm hmm. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot. And it's a lot of pre-planning because you write years in advance for this kind of stuff. Yes. Because you don't get it in the cycle that you write it. No. It's always later. Yeah, and you really, when you first start writing, you have no idea what it's going to be like or right. if you're even going to like what you're writing about or how to put it in practice yet. Right. You just get very good at explaining how the ideas are in your head and like in your imagination in a way that seems like concise enough for people to think that it's going to be like a real That's possible a skill, idea. Though. It's such yeah. a skill to like tell people and be able to explain, like pitch your idea to someone and yes. have it be clear. Yes. And that's actually something I learned from Peter Hinton. He was just, I remember him saying like some people get really off track 
and it gets blurry. So that's why it's hard for people to get grants and it's hard for people to get investors in their projects because mm-hmm. it's not clear. People can't see mm-hmm. or it's something that it's already been done. And it's not interesting. There's so many factors. Yeah. 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 And that's not even including the granting factors that there are once mm-hmm. they go in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, grants. Grants. We complain a lot about them. Me too. I mean, I was like, we could, I could come here and we could just have like a bitching session. <laughs> about all of like, oh my God. Yeah. For me, like I'm, cause we're just, we're in application season right now. So I've written two creation grants, two residency grants so far. And we're about to like do a bunch more for Canada council. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten a little bit better at writing about the project now and being able to describe like what I think it's going to be like and what the mm-hmm. process will be like. But for me, there's something about when the title comes in, then I feel like I've got it. And I got, I didn't have the title for the TAC grant that we just wrote, but I have a title now. And there's something about once you have it, it like feels real. Like you're like, okay, it's a, it's a full thing. But do you this think you're going to keep called. the title for the whole time? Like yeah. did you keep Amorous Playlist the whole time? Yeah. Interesting. But in the beginning, Amorous was called something very bad. Um, amusement Dark. <laughs> amusement Dark Playlist? Amusement Dark so bad like amusement park yeah but there was this whole aesthetic that was going on where like i thought the show was gonna look like some kind of i don't know what i was thinking but (laughs) that was you know like two years ago two years before it actually premiered and then it switched to amorous playlist by in the middle of the applications and then it was that right yeah you know bad titles like there has to be a bad title before there's a good one we were just talking about um, making films in university and making everything silent and doing it in black and white and thinking it's artsy. Just like old school Instagram. Yeah. Old school Instagram. Ooh, antique. Yeah. <laughs> Vintage. Love it. You know, we got to go through those bad moments to find the good ones, oh, you know? God. <laughs> There's some people who still use vignette and I'm like, what? <laughs> What's happening? Did you just get Instagram? <laughs> Get very confused. I'm very offended because that photo I sent you yesterday has a vignette on it. Oh, <laughs> I liked it. oh! <laughs> upset. I'm upset. We're gonna have a fight right now. <laughs> host, the host, just take a moment. I'm gonna eat a carrot. Yeah. No. I'm gonna snack now. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Maybe I was gonna say I meant the black, the black vignette when it's like comes around. When it's, it's like, like super dark and heavy. It's like yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. old westerny. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I meant. You can do them nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, I want to get into what you said, sent to us via email Mm -hmm. about the duet you worked on with your partner. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a project that was through Melanie and uh, Canada Council had this amazing grant two years ago for the 150 anniversary of, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were basically telling artists to, dream of a project where the budget was like super high really big lots of like elements to it and Canada Council was going to award these new chapter grants to these projects so Melanie dreamed up of this project called Danse Mutante and it was a choreographic relay sort of like Broken Telephone Mm -hmm. so it's a duet on myself and Francis Duchamp who's also my boyfriend and um Basically, Melanie made a duet, and then that duet gets sent to three other choreographers around the world. And then eventually, they each make their own duet, so there's four total, and it's performed as like a marathon, so it's a two and a half hour show. Oof. So, like Broken Telephone, Melanie made her version in Montreal, and then that was sent <clears throat> to New York to a choreographer named Anne Liv Young, and she saw Melanie's version and made her own. And then that was, so they're each half an hour. And then. The New York version went to Ketley Noel in West Africa, in Bamako, and then she made her version. And then Ketley can only see America. She can't see Montreal, just like Broken Telephone. You only get the duet that's before yours. Right. And then from West Africa, it went to Anne Vandenbroek in Rotterdam. Um, So, yeah, we had this process that was two years, and it was a very, very intense, intense, like, creation phase, basically, because you get three weeks with each person, and you have to make a half an hour show at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And we get sent with, like, a choreographic suitcase with all the props and elements of the piece before theirs. They open it. They look at all the props they could possibly use. 
So like, it's very like, hi, nice to meet you. We got to get to know you. We got to get comfortable with each other, and then、right. we have to make a show. Yeah. So, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Like, to be approached to be like, I'm gonna have this project. We have a grant for it, and it's like, it's a duet that's a choreographic marathon,、mm-hmm. and like, you get to travel the world and work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's totally like a unique project that would never be funded again in that way because it's too expensive. Right. So it was like. Very grateful. We were already dating at that point, and we were. I remember at the table, we were all just like, "She was like, 'Are you guys going to be okay?'" And we're like looking at each other, and we're looking at her, and we're like, basically, like, you have to decide in that moment if you're going to be together for the next two years. Like, or yeah, what's <laughs> it going to do to us? You know, yeah, and we're like,、right. yeah, like we think we're going to be okay. We have no idea. We How long、know. were you dating at that point? Um, about a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we um. Yeah, we had to go to each place, meet these people, and then kind of like quickly make a piece in their world, in their aesthetic, and it was very, very difficult. Also, yeah, great, but when you're only two and you're in a duet, like there's a lot of comparison, and、yeah. so even if it wasn't my boyfriend, like whoever I was paired with, I would be like, okay, so they meet two of us, yeah, they look at two of us all the time. And they are obviously thinking like, okay, this person's good at this. This person's good at this. Oh, I could see him doing this. They have to because they have to make a show.、Right. Mm-hmm. And that became very hard for me to not like analyze all of those moments because it's just such a quick and dirty process that like I feel like if you're not good one of those days, like you're not good in the show. Like that was kind of what、right. I was feeling like. And then it was my boyfriend, and I was like, oh, I don't want to have like feelings of such comparison with my boyfriend. Right, you want to be like proud of them and happy for their like successes and their accomplishments, but、mm-hmm. also it's hard when you're the next person that's、yeah. in line for it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and we're very, very, very different, and I think that's why she cast us both in this duet because we have just like very different styles of performing and working and improvising and speaking, and so、um, it was just hard for me to celebrate the differences because to me, because he's my boyfriend and I'm in love with him, like he's amazing. Like and everything he does, the way he works, I like learn so much from him, and he's so competent. And like, so I would just be like watching him <laughs> in rehearsal beside me, yeah, and、uh, and feeling like shit sometimes. But there were good, you know, it was really、yeah. up and down, like any process.、Mm-hmm. But、um, did you did he feel the same way when watching you do stuff, or have you talked to him about it? In New York, he was having a difficult time because we were improvising a lot in English, and he's Quebecois, so he's like more comfortable in French.、Mm-hmm. And she was asking us to like really think on the spot of situations, and it was a really wacky improv base, mostly text base, where we're doing a lot of acting.、Mm-hmm. So it was harder for him to speak so quickly in English. So he was having a hard time, but. Oh, this is great if he ever hears this. But so he's a he's like a meditator. He's a little bit of like the guy who's kind of like the meditators are up on the mountain. You know, they are like kind of spaced away from things. They like look over things. I'm like the water. I'm like in the valley. Like I'm down there and I'm moving around and I'm like <laughs> emotional. You know, I'm like like how's today? Like、blah. I'm really like that. And he has a little bit more like space. Right. And at that time, communication wise, we weren't really. At the place we're at now, so he doesn't really talk too much about his feelings. Back then, it was more me who was pulling it out of him. But now we're good, and he speaks a lot. But so I never really knew as much of what his struggles were. And I think his strategy was he doesn't want to speak about his struggles because then he gives them too much weight.、Mm. And me, I get through、yeah. things by talking about them. So yeah, yeah. I also imagine it would have been really difficult in that process with that person that you're also in love with and spending the rest of your time while you're there with. That you don't just like leave the studio and unload on them. Totally, because they were just there with you. Well, exactly. Right? Like, how do you take that space to like decompress? Yes. Yeah. And I felt in the beginning like I don't want to tell him all the stuff that's bugging me because right he doesn't have to deal with that because he just had a big day himself.、Mm-hmm. So like, I had to gauge that. And some I was writing a lot, and we would spend some time apart. But like, yeah, we're living in the same apartment. We asked them for separate rooms in case we wanted time apart and wanted to sleep in different beds. We ended up sleeping together in the same bed most of the time, but it was like nice to have the option. Totally. And we had one day in rehearsal where like there was just tension, and and finally he at lunch he was like, I think we need like separate nights tonight, and we both did our own things for one night in, in New York, and it was the best thing we could have done.、Mm-hmm. And then we learned like, okay, next time we go to West Africa or, or Rotterdam, we need to do that. We need to like install 
separate time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like dynamic of working with Mel for so long and like him coming into that, that groove, like, you know, people start to be placed and I am conscious of this stuff, this pre-choreographed thing, like who people are in a room, what their roles are, what their energy is like. And he's just like a ball of light. People are very attracted to him. He's like, you just want to be beside him. Right. <laughs> and so like when I come in situations, I'm seeing that most of the time. I was just having a really hard like comparison thing. And it was just like, it was like spiraling. And then in, in, we worked in Belgium and the Netherlands with Anne van den Broek because she's like double based. So we did a bit of the creation in both places. And this was where the, the bad time was where I was feeling like so shit. I was like, putting myself in pain in rehearsal. I couldn't remember counts. I couldn't remember anything because I just felt so bad about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I was so surprised at myself because, like, usually I think that performing is, like, a big strength of mine and, like, that I'm really strong and, like, when I'm on stage, I'm, like, confident. But beside this guy, I turned to, like, this, like, yeah. So I was just, like, not understanding how I was feeling. And uh, in this duet, there's, like, three fluos. And we're boxed beside, we're like boxed in beside each other with two microphones and everything we do is on counts. Like even like a head turning or like a hand, it's all count. And I don't work with counts very much anymore. I'm shit at counts. A lot of like contemporary modern dancers don't work with counts anymore. It's like, it's all like about the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like things are on music, but the way that you end up being together is like not through counts. It's like through like very intense eye contact. Yeah. 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 And so it had been a while and she works only in counts. That's her thing. So I was already freaking out and right. And yeah, I just like woke up one night thinking about the show and that I couldn't do it. And like, it was painful being beside him. I didn't want to perform anymore. Like I was really like, mm-hmm. and I never had these thoughts. And when I heard like people speak about panic attacks, like you just don't know until you have one. Right. And then I'm like, I guess this is what it is because I'm having one. And it was like the middle of the night and like I couldn't breathe properly. And then I was crying and then I couldn't lift my chin off my chest. Like I couldn't lift my head up because I felt so bad. And he's like holding me in the middle of the night trying to get me to stop crying and I'm like something's wrong with me like I'm in I'm in Belgium I'm in Europe and like I just want to go home and like I don't want to be in this you know and he was just like you're okay you're okay but like he didn't understand you know Mm -hmm. and then people are coming in and out of the process all the time like presenters that might want to book the show for touring like they're invited in and then like all the technical teams and then people they work with and for me I'm like it's not ready yet right in these three weeks like I don't want people to be coming into the process because I don't want them to see me feeling so bad. We did a showing and I freaked out after I couldn't even stay at the drink with everybody. I had to leave. I called my friend Kay that, you know, crying on the phone. Like, I don't want to be a performer. I'm having all these bad thoughts. It was like, literally, I'm not going to do this show. And Mel didn't know because I was scared to tell Mel that I didn't want to perform in it. Right. Right. Because you've already been to like three locations. Yeah. And the pressure of this, like there's only two of us. We're the only two who could do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, like, had never experienced that kind of, like, emotional stress and was surprised at myself that it was happening. And it was just the pressure of this show. And there's no handbook for us for mental health stuff. Like, you know, like, we don't know. We don't have an HR. No, we don't know what a project's going to be like. Right. We don't always have the tools to, like, deal with. Especially if you're in another country and there's a language you don't speak or a group of people you don't know. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Like, they just kind of, like, with dancers, it's kind of like, you know, they're assuming that you're okay. But mentally, like, we don't have necessarily the resources either, like, to pay for therapists and stuff unless you're covered. But how are you covered, you know? Yeah. So I have one woman that I've been seeing since I was 14, and I knew that I had a flight coming back through Toronto on September 2nd before I had to go back to Montreal for the last leg of uh, what would be before the premiere. So I booked an appointment with her and had like three hours in there of like working it out and talking it out and trying to do personal work so that I could be okay to mm-hmm. like to perform this show. And she's a naturopath and like depending on you, what you guys are like and like your listeners, like she works in kind of funky ways. Right. Like I would say in energy and stuff like that. <laughs> Can't really describe it. <laughs> Maybe some people would be like, this is a witch. <laughs> 
<laughs> she has a psychology degree. She has a chiropractic license. Mm-hmm. She's a licensed naturopath. She has all of the stuff on paper. Right. But what why, what I feel we do together is not that. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. I love that. Yeah. Like, I hadn't, yeah, so... She I was like, witch. I have a crisis and she's like, where are you? What's happening? Like, you know, you have to, yeah. So there was, and we worked it out. I got to, to Montreal and whatever work I did, something clicked. And I was like, a lot of it was not being concerned with the spirit of others. This is like something that I'm really aware of when people are watching mm-hmm. that if I can see their faces and when they're watching rehearsal while I'm working, I can, I really like tap into what they're thinking. I'm oh, almost yeah. watching through what their, their eyes. eyes. Yeah. And I have a bad habit of doing that. So I was working on that. Like when people were around, not paying attention to them. Which makes you like an excellent director and like choreographer, but it's like anxiety inducing as a performer probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like people coming in before something is ready. It does make things less precious. Like I do like that aspect about it. Like it's okay to show it now because we're always doing it and always performing mm-hmm. at the same time when you're having like mental breakdowns and panic attacks like when someone steps in the room it's like a big deal right but I got I don't know it just like started clicking and I actually was like understanding that our differences were what made the show better mm-hmm. and that when he made choices on stage my choices didn't have to be the same and yes. I had a pressure feeling like his choices were so strong and he's such a great performer that mine had to be like him mm-hmm. but like I don't that's not me I don't work like that mm-hmm. But it was a big curve to realize, like, I'm in love with him and I look up to him and he, I hold him very high, but I don't need to be like him. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. It was a lot. But, like, it worked out. It, the show. I was fine. Yes. And and that process is done now? The process is done. And now we just tour it. Have you had time to reflect with him about yeah. how he feels about everything? Yeah. And... Yeah. Like, I thanked him for taking care of me and I realized that he didn't have to do that and it was a lot for him and we had a lot, a lot of discussion about like ourselves and our relationship. So it brought us like so, so, so much closer. Right. And it actually strengthened us, the project. People are like, oh, did you survive? And I'm like, we didn't really just survive. Like we did very well. Like actually it was, yeah. it was just me having like, you know, a few moments, but <laughs> yeah. And now like, it's like the pressure of the show. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. Like before the day starts and stuff, like you feel that you're doing a show that's two and a half hours and we asked for more money a little bit for this show as well because we felt after we performed it in September that we weren't being paid enough. Yeah. And yeah, now we go on tour and it'll be like a little bit more fun. But yeah, that was that moment. Two and a half hours of performing is so much. Yeah, and just the two of us. Yeah, you can't. That's like, crazy. Mm-hmm. You can't There's feed no force to hide behind. No, and they <laughs> keep no us one. on stage the no whole course. time. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I'm going to take a breath just so as I go around this corner, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're on stage the whole time, too. Like, we actually pee on stage at one point because that's part of the show. They want us to not leave and that the the set pieces and the tech moves all around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a big one. Do you pee in a bottle? Sorry. Pee in a bottle. Like, yeah. behind something or in front of the audience? Um, we turn around. Like, we're kind of doing something, like, upstage on a carpet. And there's bottles like behind a radio that we use later. And the audience is free to come and go during an intermission, sort of, but they can watch us the whole time. Okay. So I just turn around, grab the bottle, have a little pee, then put it back. And then a stage person comes and grabs the bottle. I'm glad you have a penis. Well, (laughs) (laughs) right? I was just thinking that poor stage person. Yeah, that has to grab our pee bottles. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. (laughs) I mean, whatever. You don't know. Maybe they like pee. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's sterile, <laughs> Maybe but whatever. Maybe they've been I never asked. <laughs> I never <laughs> asked him about it or her about it because it's two different people, but they seem fine. They seem okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. no. Did you, have you ever had those feelings, like, again, since that moment about, like, not wanting to perform? And has it been, like, a way to propel you into directing and choreographing more? Or mm, I think that those thoughts about not wanting to perform are strictly dancer me like that's really like in that realm and they're quite compartmentalized I think like dancer Mm -hmm. me and choreographer me are quite different Mm -hmm. and I still have those those feelings but it's mostly now like through a bit of talking to myself and trusting that it is what I want to do and it's Mm -hmm. what I have been doing that I'm good at it and that I do feel comfortable there Mm -hmm. it's just always like 
I think, you know, when you're on stage and you have, like, extreme confidence to do stuff, there's, like, another side of it. And that's the side where you want to hide and, like, not be seen. Right. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, being comfortable with those two sides of yourself. But, yeah, I still think that, like, in the Melanie's new process, I'll have, like, brief moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to be in the show. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I just go back in the room and I'm okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's, like, sometimes it's so quick like that. Sometimes you're just like, I'm done. Yeah. One yeah. thing happens to set you off and you're like... Fuck this. Yes. I need, and you have to take a walk. Yeah. You have to take a walk and you have to try not to kill somebody. Yeah. 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 I think it'll always happen. Like for me at least. Yeah. I'll always have moments like that. And choreographing, I feel somewhat more comfortable in the role because I'm not performing, but it's a different kind of thing. How do you yeah. deal with different people's energies when you're choreographing? Like, have you ever been choreographing and just been like, I'm just not vibing this person. It's like, mm-hmm. they don't want to be here. You should just leave. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with that? Um, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> I think when there's a, like, I always like a lot of people because I think I'm good at like zeroing in and looking at someone individually and figuring out what they need and what I can say to kind of get us both to go somewhere together. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't vibe for me, Like, usually I'm always working with people's, like, emotional body. Like, how to get them connected to their emotions. Like, of course, the dancing. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's mostly for me when I feel it's not working is when we can't tap into the emotions in the right way. Mm. But um, Or if there's a resistance against that. A resistance. Because lots of people don't deal with their emotions properly. This is true. Yeah. Um, I've had, yeah, some things not work out with people before. But that's for, like, various reasons. But uh, I do like working with a group and zeroing in on people because they're all so different, and that's why it's great. And when you have, like, you can see, like, where certain dynamics are, who takes what roles, like, where there's, like, tension, and then how you can, like, get everybody to, like, create chaos on stage or, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I find that it's, like, for myself, it's almost like an energy, right? Like, someone's emotional movement or is, like, an energy that you feel and you vibe off of, and you can totally tell when it, they're not either not accessing it or not letting you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have tactics to like get around that? Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it'll, they'll just pop up, but I'll say it'll just be like little comments, but it's also how you approach. It's all in like your looks. tone, yeah. how you say things, how close you come. Yeah. For me, it's also where I sit. Like I don't like to ever really sit on a chair like directly in front unless I'm like having to like get something done like really fast but I like to more be like on the ground Mm -hmm. and then maybe it's like a power thing a little bit like I don't want them to feel like they're doing something like just for me but like that they're working and I'm kind of witnessing a little bit Mm -hmm. and then it's like saying little things like I was working with um a male dancer recently and I was and I just was watching him and sometimes you got to ask people to do things like a few times and Mm -hmm. I was just like I think it would be better if you didn't, like, show show us or show me that you're doing the things we're working on. It'd be better if we if we just, like, if you just did it. Does that make sense? And he was just like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I do all the time. So it's just, like, figuring out what I can say and if it's right. accurate. And then, we, and then we both get on the same page, and then I feel like we're working on the same right. thing. But, yeah, it's an energy. No one – I haven't really had anyone that's been super resistant. Yeah. Maybe one – like, in the workshops, sometimes there's people that I'm, like – how do you... Are we okay? Like, are you into this? Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, too, you're like, okay, I have like, I have a week to run. We got to keep going. So if yeah. you're not into this, like, let me know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep, we're just going to keep going. Totally. Yeah. 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 I notice it a lot with young dancers, like, because I'm working with the ensemble, New York Dance Ensemble. Mm-hmm. I think a lot, I get like a lot of like, we, like, um, just attitudes sometimes that's just like not something that I like have gotten in like the professional world but with the younger dancers sometimes I notice like a little bit of like shade you think and, it's, why is that well I've had actually this conversation with Frey Olufsen as well about because she's my supervisor um about like if they because sometimes like I've like with one dancer specific I had like resistance one time and resistance in like her like saying something very sassy to me uh. and I was just like huh like would you have said that if I was older Hmm. Or like if I like looked like I was like a actual like a like a older professor, or like if I was like 
an older male? Like, is this the same thing that you would say to me? And I've had this conversation with Freya, and Freya says that she still feels that way, like with the, mm. with the students sometimes. And she's like, you know, Freya's a little bit older than me, and she is a professor. Like, she's fully hired there. And she, mm-hmm. if she's getting that still, then, like, this is just a thing that's being, that's happening. Yeah, like, you know? Her- they're frustrated or they're stressed or whatever the excuse is that week. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes it's really hard to like, um, create freely, um, and authentically if I hate that fucking word, authentically, if like, it's just met with so much resistance and that they don't want to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be there. And if, if it's like, sometimes I'm also just like, I don't know if this is like something I would have, people that I would have hired outside, you know, yes. so because they're placed in a situation where you have right. to choreograph on them. It's not like they had to like work to get the role. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Think. It's like a setup meeting of people that might not be really vibing. Yeah. Yeah. But they have to get something done, which is like, ah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you, and I like, because I like, I am like not quite as far removed from them. Like I, you know, university is still, quite close to me so I feel like I try not to put them in positions where I don't want to just be like okay now you go off stage for the whole thing except the end Mm -hmm. because I know how that feels I don't want to be like a dick that way yes but sometimes you're just like not going to use people because you're met with resistance or there's like an attitude situation or you're yes something's happening it's not because I don't think like they're talented obviously Mm -hmm. they're all there they're talented but yeah so it's really hard and when there's like this this thing that's going to be at the end of something, like a product that you're mm-hmm. pushing to, where there's like some kind of showing or a piece, like, mm-hmm. then that's where it gets into the thing of like, you have to use some people more or not, because it's like, then eventually you're like, I do have to make something that I'm proud of mm-hmm. and I want something that's strong, but yeah. you, yeah, it's tricky. That's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It always happens in the workshops where, yeah, yeah. You have to make like a showing of some kind of show, and it's like, mm-hmm. but you, but I've like got more peace with that, with like just trying. You want to take care of everybody, but then I'm right. like, they do understand that I can only make something that's 20 minutes or half an hour. Right. And some people vibe more strongly with the yes. work, and also it's like that you have to, they have to understand, and you have to understand, like everybody's an adult, right? Mm-hmm. If you've signed up for this and you're putting yourself here. I'm going to give you the tools to say something if you need to, but I'm also not going to fucking coddle you. Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of ego in the room always Mm -hmm. with us, right? Dancers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we we do want to be seen and we do want to get things right and Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I, yeah, if it's, if someone's in there and they're like, my whole thing is like, I want to be front stage center. It's like. Chill. Chill. (laughs) You also like, you, you recognize that. Yeah. 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 I had an experience recently where. I had dancers in a piece that I might not have cast myself. And when I got feedback on the work from someone running the program, the feedback that I got had like nothing to do with what I was working on or working towards. And I took that really personally and I didn't know how to deal with it in the moment. And what, what were they, what was it like? The feedback. So the feedback was that I needed to correct my dancers technique and like do that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, we're actually like all professionals here. Yeah. Yeah. And like, my point is not to have technically strong movement. My point is to like, I was working with like film and projection and movement. And I was like, and you didn't even look at the thing. Yeah. You have other ideas going on. Mm -hmm. So like the last, the farthest thing from my mind was like the technical thing, you know? Yeah. And at first I was like really upset by it. (laughs) Yeah. And outside eyes are tricky that way too. Cause they come in sometimes with their own, Issues. Yes. Yeah. Like I think the best outside eyes are the ones that can really understand what your idea is and just help you do that. Yeah. And outside eyes that just state what they see immediately. Yeah. Right. Like outside eyes that aren't just like, I didn't really like this part. It's not really helpful. It's people mm-hmm. that are like, immediately I saw, you know, a very clear aesthetic of sharp movements. I saw uh, this like level of floor work that is like going in and out of, like it's that. It's what you immediately see. It's not. Right. I think like anything to do with what's good and what's bad. Yeah. 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 That's also like the what's good and what's bad, I feel, is like an old school way of thinking and talking about dance. Right. It's so subjective too. It's like it's hard to tell. Yeah. 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 I don't usually work with outside eyes that much. 
anymore because I'm such a sponge. And like, if someone says something, <laughs> I'll think that it's what I want. Yeah. Yes. You know, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, let's, yeah, let's make that change. But like, I don't know. And then you do it and you're like, fuck. Yeah. You can't tell anymore. I'm yeah. like, okay. Uh, so yeah. That's how I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you work a lot with Kay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you consider her an outside eye or a collaborator? Yeah, Kay, I think Kay now, her official role will be rehearsal director this year because she's basically been doing that kind of with me. Yeah. Not necessarily looking at like, it's kind of like, um, what do we do together? (laughs) You guys are great together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she's a second set of eyes and opinions and like we, I bounce things off of her and I trust and I really feel that she sees what I see, like mm-hmm. when I'm speaking, like that we, she understands what, like our words. The language is there. Yeah. 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 And you know, we're so close. She's like my best friend. So there's a little bit of that too, where it's just like very easy to be together. Um, yeah. Like I'd say she doesn't necessarily come up with like ideas necessarily, but like we, I tell her first what I want to do and then we do it. It's tricky for her because she's in the process as well. Right. And she feels that tension sometimes where she wants to work inside and doesn't want to be pulled outside. So I have to be very conscious of that when I feel like that she needs to be in. Mm -hmm. Right. But this year I was like, okay, we need to pay you as a rehearsal director. We need to like make this more official so that you feel like the respect because before it was like she was already doing it, but we weren't saying it. And now it's like you are rehearsal director. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she's still going to dance in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in Amherst Playlist. Is she mm-hmm. dancing in your new work? Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. And the rehearsal directing. Yeah. And a lot of it, too, is, like, organizing and scheduling totally. and stuff like that. Just to be, like, what we often do, our main thing is planning. Planning and problem solving. It's just, like, what are we doing tomorrow? Right. And she'll say, what do you want to do from, like, 11 to 1? Like, what do you want to work on? What section? And this is great for me because I my brain can't really organize that way. Right. I'll say, like, I want to work on this, this, and this. But she's like, okay, let's give this a two-hour block. Let's give this. And that's, like, amazing. Right. It's so helpful. hmm Yeah. You need people like that. hmm mm-hmm. That, like, balance you. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't do it all. No, and it's great that, I, like, she really tells me from the inside what's going on. And they, they all do, like, of course. But, yeah, sometimes I'll be out from the outside. i like, can you? And she'll be like, we need a second. I'm like, Yeah. Take your second, because I'm excited over here, you know? Right, so yelling orders. Yeah. (laughs) Just because it's so based in improv, Mm -hmm. things take time from the inside. Yeah. I don't know always, like, necessarily how they're all connecting, and so they're they're driving the ship, so. Right. And it's also hard because you're, like, your body's not there. Your body's not in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you, so it's hard to even watch and see what your body's going to look like if you are trying to, like, look from out here. Yeah. And then go in. Yeah. Yeah, with Amorous, I... We made duets for me, and we made a solo for me, and it felt like too much. Like, I was too present already in the work mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you were talking about narcissism. <laughs> and I was like, I do not want this to look like I'm making a show to try and be in it to get performance opportunity. Right. Which, right. like, The is, Riley show. Yeah, like, yeah. that's not... <laughs> my goal ever like that's not why I became a choreographer right so but it was we auditioned different people for the show it was getting close to the thing we lost we didn't get as much grant money we needed another guy it was like there was all these factors that were like pushing me to be in it Mm -hmm. and that I would already be there so we did make one less person to pay well exactly (laughs) one less person to pay well so (laughs) I didn't really you know like now we're smart and like we get better and better with our budgeting right But yeah, I didn't pay myself like the same amount I should have. But you do that. You do that sometimes. And you have to if they want the work to go up. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And that was what we did. And then I made some stuff with Clark and I had a solo. And then I was like, let's just cut it because I don't have time. And it's easier if I just do like this one little part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't imagine. I don't think I've ever been in something that I've made. I just like can't. I can't, like, compartmentalize. Thank you. Like that. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. All I want to do when I'm making something is sit and watch it. I barely want to give directions. I just want to, like, let them watch. Mm -hmm. I just want to, like, be outside. Watching people work is, like, really lovely. I love it. It's great. And I I guess especially in your work because it's so much improvisation and, like, it's different every time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. At least, at least that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, they have a lot of space, yeah. a lot of room. Yeah. Like I was saying, to drive the bus, and、mm-hmm. they have a lot of responsibility as well. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That's putting a lot of trust in your dancers. Yes. In your performers. Yeah. Does that make you anxious at all? Um. <laughs> and that's I'm not saying that your performers are terrible because no, no, they're no, all no. lovely people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still. Um. I think because of the nature of the way the work is, like the work really looks at all of them, almost like they're actors, like in、mm. a movie. That they're really like, it's really focused on them and who they are and like what they're like as a group.、Mm-hmm. So, it's almost like I'm quite obsessed with who they are on stage, like and as people for sure.、Mm-hmm. But like the people that they are on stage and have the different ways they can look,、mm-hmm. it's like. That's what I, what I like about watching them is I'm just like I love these people, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah.、Um, I've never felt like nervous or anything. I do like like in this show because it is improvised. Like if things will go off for a bit, like where the duet has like an A to B to a C, but how you get from A to B, you know, you、mm-hmm. know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like. Sometimes I don't know where they are going to get, but I know that C is coming up. Like I know they have to get over there, and like they choose to do something else. Right. And I'm just like, and it's great. <laughs> I love that. You know. I'm really understanding that. Like, what makes really good performers is your choices and when your choices are made in improvised work. So, like, even like you have to choose to be a part of what's happening over here with these dancers, or you have to choose to like. Not be a part of it, and not being a part of it is like you just like stepping away sometimes to make something look better,、mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like kind of having that respect for each other, and like respect for like an overall eye of what's happening. Yes,、mm-hmm. yes,、know? yeah.、Mm-hmm. Like where you put yourself in the、mm-hmm. in the landscape, like what what is needed right now on stage, and decisions that are being made that are good decisions. Yeah, right. Yeah, not, not decisions、ego. that are like ego decisions. Yeah, yeah. Or because you feel like you haven't done anything in a while. Not、right. doing、yes. anything in a while is actually quite a lovely decision. This is、make. true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Space is good. Space yeah. is good. Yeah. And like, if something is milky to you, like a little, like you're not sure, it's going to be milky. To us out there,、so、get out. Well, it's hard. It's like it's if you're gonna、choice. make your choice, yeah, make your choice. No, <laughs> don't have to ask a choice. Yeah, yeah. full ass everything. It's so much. It's so much pressure on us. We're like, <sighs> but it's good. It's also just like being extremely present、yeah. in your space. Yeah, and just like having this like air and this eye that's happening. Yeah, around you, like peripheral vision. And I much、maybe. more prefer this than working like for someone that is, you know, just basically telling you what to do. And you、mm-hmm. don't, you know, it's like where you could be basically anybody. You're just a tool. Yeah. And that's like. There's no empowerment as a performer in that. I no. Think. And I even like even I with mean, Mel and her. Oh yeah, go ahead. No, even if you're sorry first. Even with Mel and her new creation, like、yeah. we're working with. There's six of us. There's like a 54 year old man. So it's like at a 27 year old person who's just out of school. So there's like quite an array of artists with like practices and like developed ways of working.、Mm-hmm. And Mal has her way, and it's a lot of improv based. But even like I had to bring something up in rehearsal two weeks ago because when people were coming in from the outside, like presenters from the FTA and stuff, she would change her way of working,、mm. where she was really just kind of like shouting things over the music for us to do. We couldn't hear. We were stopping, being like, "We can't hear you." We would do parts, and she would be like, "No, start again." We dance a bit.、Uh, no, start again, and it's like. That's not the way we work.、Mm-hmm. Often we, you know, we improvise. We do something. We finish. We talk about it.、Right. We, we drive the bus from the inside. But yeah, she just she started changing the way that she usually works. And I had to say, like, you know, it doesn't help us when we just like receive orders from the outside that are brand new that we don't understand why we're doing them, and it sounds like it's just honestly for you to find control in that moment because、mm-hmm. I think. And she later like said like she felt more destabilized that someone was in the room,、mm-hmm. and she was looking for a way to find some, some with her work because、yeah. she she's still searching, which、mm-hmm. I totally understand because when you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, it's in the beginning, right? Yes. Yeah, totally. But there's just a way like where I'm realizing like yeah, I can speak up more in a process and say like you know we're not just like here to just do what we're told. Like、yeah. you invited people in who have opinions, who,、mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's not the way you want to work. That you want us to talk and improvise, and you really want to research and like see where something goes.、Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you have to let us go. Like you have to let us do stuff.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting less and less of a fan of like 
shouting over the music. It's like also very like dance, like it feels like dance moms. Yeah, like school. <laughs> it feel, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was just because you said we're saying uh, talking about empowerment as a performer. Mm-hmm. I like really wonder about dancers in repertoire companies. Like, do they feel like an individual performer if all they're doing is learning old historical work and then Remounts. touring with it all over the world? I'm thinking, like, Alvin Ailey and Martha Graham and, mm-hmm. like, those kind of companies. Do you Ballet companies. I think that there is some satisfaction to have, like, a steady gig. Oh, yeah, probably. 100%. Be yeah. a company dancer? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, for names, like, that are that big. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it also gets very... I think it's the same reason that people get tired of going on tour. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because it's the same fucking work that you performed a hundred times. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think some people are just the type of dancer that are into like being like a strong technical, like look at all the things <laughs> I can do. Yeah, they feel they feel free in that. Totally. Like performing a role and they don't want to like improvise. They don't want to mm-hmm. perform that way. I think there are still those dancers, which is like... Fine. Which is fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I just like part of... I mean, like, the new work that I'm doing right now, I got so bored as a performer, just, like, elbow, this, bleh, audience is over here. There's no relationship happening at mm-hmm. all. This is the next move. Okay, how many mm-hmm. more times are we going to do this? Yeah. And I started, like, what was interesting to me is, like, not, is the predict is the unpredictability of it. So, like, what audiences are going to do versus, like, what performers and how they react and how that connection happens mm-hmm. and making something intimate and making something that's different every time. And that's why, like... The idea of like a performance happening right here and the audience being right here and being able to see their faces and how they react to it. Are they uncomfortable? Are they not uncomfortable? Mm. Totally. I think is more interesting as a performer because it makes both parties active. You're well, no longer yeah. passively sitting there. Yes. Or passively like letting the material, you know, like as you would say, drive the bus. It's you're actively there. You're actively moving together. Yeah. Create something. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the audience like does have a lot of power sometimes when they can just sit there passively and like... Oh, yeah. You know? You feel that when they're, like, disengaged. Yeah, and it's nice to be, like... Totally. You know? You're in my house. Yeah. And to even be, like, maybe the audience is sitting there and not, like, walking around, but, like, it's lit a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. It's a different setting. It's a different stage. It's not necessarily a proscenium theater where they can, like, hide in the back. Mm -hmm. They're right right on the stage or they're... The house lights are up, so it's a little bit more engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Are you thinking about working in the same way for this new work in terms of, like, in the round? Mm, we're going to do... Oh, should I say stuff about the space and things yet? This will come up in, like, probably February. February. Okay. I mean, it's, like, a secret, secret, but I also <laughs> don't know if it's, like, confirmed, so that's why I don't want to say what we're going to do, but... Um, not in the round again. What would be your grand, like your, what Um, you dream of? It's going to be definitely like another unconventional dance space. I think I like making work with parameters and one of them starts with space. Like Mm -hmm. if it's going to be a place that dance is not usually programmed or that's Mm -hmm. kind of weird or that has like little, like, um, little like problems to work out or like to get around like oh we can't really move here oh we have to build a stage here or we're gonna need to bring lights in here like Mm -hmm. I like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. because it changes how we view stuff totally so right away I I don't want to do it in a regular theater again Mm -hmm. yeah and I really appreciated that Laurence let us change so much of her space she's doing such a good job yes yeah it took a bit to convince them to Mm -hmm. like you know but I like to work like that um we're going to work with some video this time as well and uh, a non-dancer, I think. So I'm trying to put some things in also that are like new challenges. Mm-hmm. Same cast, right? Same cast, yeah. not me in it. Hopefully someone new, depending on money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. May 2021 is the goal, but depending on the like, yeah, the schedule of funding if we don't get them. Yeah. Grants. Mm-hmm. Grants are crazy. <laughs> it's I just... can't. We had to like start reminding ourselves not to talk about grants. Seasons, like we can't have another grant episode. <laughs> no, because we'll go for an hour of just bitching about grants. Yeah. We want to do like an actual panel, episode, a panel episode where it's like somebody from yeah 
who can like sit there and like answer questions. I mean, not even answer questions. Like it's not going to be everyone just berating them. <laughs> but like I think like being there to like solidify like yes, we can't do this because of this. Like yes. the, right. like the the science behind it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like and then having people from different disciplines who have and have not been able to receive grants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. February twenty twenty. Damn. Damn. I would love to see who like agrees from what council to do it. I don't that's the thing. I mean, who yeah. knows if they would if we would ever be able to get someone. Also, yeah. maybe, maybe someone that's left that's no longer there. True. Recently left would probably be the way to go. True. We had Natasha Powell mm-hmm. on um cuz I went to school with her. Um but she she like was she wasn't on, she was an officer. She wasn't so she sat okay. on a couple boards but she wasn't like on the actual yeah. You know, yeah. how the science is made. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've been on a in, on a jury before for TAC. I want to get on a jury so that I can know which grants make money or get money because then I can... <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because... Was it helpful dep- for you? It was helpful yeah. for okay. sure. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And like whoever... It really depends on who's sitting there. Totally. Like who the other three people are with you. Yeah. Because that is a mixed bag every time. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know who's going to have similar likes... Right. Or objectives or what they want, you know, what actually makes them fund a project varies wildly from person Crazy. to person. Yeah. And like things that I'm like, I do not agree with you. What are we like? And they're like, <laughs> what are we going to do about this? And how <laughs> much does like, experience actually like because you've already done a show and because you've received grants, like mm-hmm. what do you, do you have more of a likely chance to get it or do you have less of a likely chance? Like this is what I don't understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I Help. think. <laughs> Right. Do do you get one grant and then you get more? Do you still mm-hmm. have to like break that first threshold? The idea, yeah, <laughs> is like once you I mean, I'm still figuring it out, huh? Like I'm still figuring it out. But <laughs> the idea is like, yeah, once you get one and you can and pull off a show and have mm-hmm. it filmed and start to like show that you can pull off productions right. regularly right. and that you can budget properly and that the productions are well received or picked up by a presenter or given residencies. Right. It's like you have to prove your legitimacy before as you, yeah to to get one and then it's like needing the experience to get the job that you need to get the experience to. Right. Yes, exactly. It's tricky. Like you yeah. you need a chance to actually do the thing and you need that opportunity and that's that's them saying, "Okay, you're an emerging person, you haven't really had anything like we're going to give you that chance." And for me, it was like once I did get one, yeah, then it started to mm-hmm. to roll a little quicker. Mm-hmm. But then I also learned how to write a lot better about what it is that I do and why the company needs money, why I work with large groups. Like I had to really, it took me like lots of applications to realize like how to really fight for the money mm-hmm. and what separates us from other people. Right. And it's even just like changing your wording, like saying um, like this project is, not this project will be. Right. It's like even just like slight things like that. Like it's already a thing. It's already happening. Right. Just, here's I'm just going to let you know about what it's about. I'm not thinking about any of it. It's yeah. not a possibility. I don't need you that much, but I kind of do. It's like, yeah, yeah. Here's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. It's a real thing. Being real sure. Yeah. 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 But also like for me, it's support material. Like when I was on the jury, oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm reading why this project is great. I'm reading why it has amazing collaborators involved, why it's an inclusive project, right? It has all the mm-hmm. right things for it, but also I, I need to look at the support material and see, right. is there a choreographic language? Is there like, is there like real talent in making stuff? Like, should, like, do I believe, and it's all subjective, right? Do right. I see in the support material that I think this person has something that they like should keep making work? Right. And then the person beside me thinks something totally different. So it's just like, ah, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. right. And then once it's a finished product and people see it, there's also all of the opinions of if that thing should have been funded or totally, not. Totally, totally. Right? Because audience members and people of the community also sit there and go like, mm, why did they get funding and I didn't get funding? Yes. Why did this project get funding and not that project? And that will be constant forever. It's constant never... competition. Totally. Like now I use like the excerpt videos now that we've had three full shows. Yeah. I use those as my three bits of support material. Nice. To just to show them like I'm able to pull off a full length show and we've done it again and we've done it again and here's what happened. Right. You just never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and if you don't get your funding then you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. everything gets pushed back. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're learning now, like, not to make things happen even when you don't get money. Because we, that's what puts us, like, in the red. It makes us stretch and makes us, like, say we can pull things off that we can't. Right. right. Now so we're, you, like... You sit back and wait for the funding. Yes. But in the beginning... No, you're just hungry. We worked for free. The shit that we pulled off, like, the things oh, that we yeah. did, the amount of hours we worked, the amount of free stuff, like... We did that so that we could apply for a grant and have proper video. Like yeah. my first show, we got we were paid nothing for the first show. None of us. It was like Oh yeah. Yeah. Because this is what we had to do. And now we're like, okay, let's try and legitimize things more. Let's try and make sure the rates are, you know. Yeah. But to actually get those first things, like you're all pulling stuff out of your ass because you have to. There's no other yeah. way. Yeah. Calling in favors that don't even exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being like, sure, um, could you do this for this much money? <laughs> like I'm just starting out. And they're yeah. like but that's when people are like, oh, we want to get on board. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is being an artist fucking killing you? <gasps> Your reaction! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we did video just for that. <laughs> I think I need to re-ask it. That... It was very rushed. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Okay. But sometimes... When you're in Rotterdam, it was killing me. Yeah, it was killing me. <laughs> or when, yeah, when you're not getting grants and you have to cancel work periods. Or, yeah, you don't have your confidence. Or or your schedule is so crazy and you can't keep up and you're like, all that kind of stuff. But, no, it's not. I'm, we're still doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, you can find Riley at? Socialgrowldance.com. Great. And feel free to email us, uh, ask us questions, let us know, tweet at us, Facebook us, any any place that you can basically find us. Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Galpal Prods. Galpal Prods. Website, Spotify, Radio Public, <laughs> iTunes, all of it. Uh, thank you all so much, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>